Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with the wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. One, we are on. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number what? Sixty-six. We are so glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. You want to know where that is? Take a globe, spin it around really fast, put your finger in it. Probably will hit water. But find Texas on the southeast side of Texas is Houston, and on. The southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. So <clears throat> we are man up. We're a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. What we feel is that the dog needs to be fed. Oftentimes, men's ministry are service oriented. And that's great to help out. But there's time that men need to get together and discuss the word and work on their own journey of faith. And so that's what we do here, Man Up. We are on iTunes. If you want to catch any of our previous 65 previous episodes, those are archived on SoundCloud. We also have a face up pa- Facebook page, Face Up. Face. <laughs> right, right. Facebook page. Man Dash Up on Facebook. If you want to post any questions, and we will try and answer them here with the podcast. Just want to let you know that we have uh, we have a different group of fellas every week. And what we do is I want to introduce them to you, not only by their profession, but also maybe a little bit more about their disposition as well. <clears throat> Mr. Michael Cropper. He's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor. We call him the judge. He is here. He could defend you or he could throw the book at you, but that's what he does. So Michael Cropper, glad he's here. And we have an insurance guy, but he also happens to be the class deacon. He's a coon ass, but we don't hold that against him. Mr. Kyle Trahan is here. Where it is a badge of honor, actually. <laughs> there you go. And he is a <laughs> corporate trainer, a proud University of Houston alumni. <clears throat> we call him the professor, Mr. Robert Koshu. He is here as well. And my name is Bill Cox, and I am basically a salesman, writer, actor kind of guy, and I am the director of Man Up. This is based on the men's only adult Bible fellowship that we have here at Sugarland Baptist Church. We are currently in the Connect 360. We're coming down to the end of the study of 1 Samuel. And we are in Lesson 12. And I just want to go around the room. And since this is man up, and you men out there, and I'm sure that some of you guys don't have a whole lot of time. So in typical men way, we're going to go ahead and we're just going to give you the summary right up front. And I'll let the fellas going to introduce, I've already introduced them. Let them give you the summary of the lesson that we are in, Lesson 12, A Foolish Man and a Wise Woman. We'll go ahead and we'll start it out with the, the professor. 
And, and I said this before we started recording. It, it got such a great reaction. I'm just going to say it. They, I, I read through this, and I was intrigued by it, mainly because it's interesting. And it, 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 I, I kind of threw this out a little provocatively. Is that but the best you can come up it, with? It, it, it is. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> but, but, and, and I'm gonna, I'll expound on this as we go through. But it is the title of the lesson is. A foolish man and a wise woman. And it is how so many people view men today in marriages. Is that the man is put out there as kind of this bumbling idiot that unless we I would had the woman behind right. us, I would agree we you. would not survive. See, I, I, got, see, I no, had to explain no, you, a little you bit better. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm going to follow that up, and we can explore. Because this is, now, I teach teenagers a lot at our church. Yeah. And I've told this to our teenagers, and, and I got the most tardiest amen I ever had from Ryan Musser, one of our former youth ministers who has left our church and moved on. When I said it, with the teenage group, with him there. He just went, amen, clapped his hands, and did a double thumbs up. That, okay. that how relationships with women work for most men. A, a woman has to decide how much stupid she wants to put up with. And men, now you have to listen to the whole thing, men have to decide how much crazy they have to, they're willing to put up with. Because in men's eyes, women are crazy. They do crazy stuff because they think like women. That's okay. Men, we do stupid stuff because, hey, we think like guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a guy. I, I freely admit, y'all might have noticed I'm turning a slight shade of red because football season is coming. Yeah. You know, college football is five weeks out. And five weeks from now, I will be in the stands at Rice University for, our, for University of Utah. All right. Yelling and screaming. Right. So, you know. I think we need to get us a little picture of a rabbit. Right, right. <laughs> there are paint, rabbits. Paint it red, and that's right. There rabbit. are rabbits. <laughs> All right. Kyle Trahan. Uh, you know, actually, <clears throat> um, kind of as you're saying that, Robert, uh, I'm, I'm texting with uh, Pastor Post. Uh, one of our other deacons is going through a, a very difficult time. And. Uh, He's having a very difficult surgery that he's having performed tomorrow morning and everything. And I was over visiting with him uh, last night, yesterday afternoon. And uh, we were talking about, uh, he's a very, he's not harsh. He's quite funny, but he's. He's a modest man. He says just some stupid things. You know, know and he's uh, a a little abrupt to his wife, I think, at times and all. And he made a statement that uh, his doctor comes in and his doctor loves his wife. And he was talking about the prescription because he's in a lot of pain because of this issue that he's having. And the doctor says, yes, I'll give you your prescription. Of course, I'm butchering the accent that he gave him. Uh, I write your prescription. And I give it to your wife. And the thing is, is the guy is harsh, just like in our story. And the doctor loves his wife, that he's willing to medicate the man because he loves the wife. Because if he didn't like the wife, he'd say, screw him, I'm going to let the guy suffer. 
But the wife tones the whole situation down. And the doctor loves the wife. And it was just a funny thought, and I'm sure that that's, you know, not true. The doctor would still medicate him. Nonetheless, he, you know, did the Hippocratic Oath thing and all that. But to me, it was a funny part, and it so relates to this, because she levels a lot of him out to everyone else. And that's what we saw her do in this story. Michael Cropper. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that, Bill. <laughs> we we uh, we are looking at, uh, of course, David, folks. Everyone, you know that we've been in Samuel, and uh, we look at David's life, and and we see that when he's anointed to be king of Israel, he places a lot of faith in God, Jehovah, Yahweh, mm-hmm. and he does so so much that when he confronts his first just huge national victory with Goliath, he states to Goliath. The Lord is going to direct me. The Lord is going to guide me. And I will take your head and I will destroy you. I will kill you. And then we see later on last week's lesson, if those of you joined us, that David, in fact, was hiding in a cave and the Lord delivered Saul into his hands. Saul had been trying to kill him because Saul had realized that David is the next coming king. God had anointed him to take his place. And they were, of course, not of the same family. So... uh, David, Saul was delivered into David's hands, and then David did not t- kill him and take his life. Instead, Saul came back out of the cave where David and his men were hiding, and David showed him a, a piece of his garment. So again, David states very clearly here, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I will not touch God's anointed. Uh, I will not kill him like you men, my followers, my soldiers want me to do. So David keeps his school again and trusts God. But in today's story, it's a complete different, different angle, which we're going to look at, folks. Uh, and, and, and David absolutely loses his cool. And uh, today's story will have to do with men and using self-control and it's appropriate for men up. As you all have addressed the situation but, with his wife, wa- Abigail let's, brings up. Let's visit this just for a second, maybe... Once you read the scripture, then let me let me throw my comment out. Let's get started. We are. This is lesson twelve: a foolish man and a wise woman. We are in Connect three sixty. It's character in the crown, and the scripture is from First Samuel twenty five one through thirty four. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Maon. A certain man in Maon, who had property there at Carmel, was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband, a Calabite, was surly and mean in his dealings. While David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time when your shepherds were with us. We did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable towards my young men, since we come at a festive time. 
Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is the son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to them, Put on your swords. So they put on their swords, and David put on his. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. One of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greeting, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day they were a wall around us all the time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do, because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seahs of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisin, and two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. She told her servants, Go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending towards her, and she met them. David had just said, It's been useless all my watching over this fellow's property in the desert, so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, My Lord, let the blame be on me alone. Please let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is Fool, and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my master be giving to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master, because he fights the Lord's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having to avenge himself. And when the Lord has brought my master success, remember your servant. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. 
May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day, from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. And, and I spared nothing. I, I, I want to kind of start it with this. And, and let's just kind of take from the man's perspective. Sure. Do sometimes we need to learn to slow down and think? Because Nabal, Nabal thinks about that he is, that he, he, I was reading in the voice just now while Bill was reading that. I pulled out the voice translation. And, and what the translation we read said he was a Calebite. Well, the original intent meaning, according to the voice, was an embarrassment to the tribe of Calebite. <laughs> that he was uh-huh. actually an embarrassment uh-huh. Uh-huh. to all of his kinsmen. That he, N- Nabal. Nabal was. Because he was so hot-headed, mean-tempered, and it really expounded on He was hot-headed, mean-tempered, you know, and it's one of those, you know, I think, do we, as men, because we do tend, especially, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about this, this Western culture, particularly in the South, we all grew up down here except for Bill, but we excuse him because he's been down here for long enough now. Econ- economic migration, baby. Right. Yeah. That's I wanted right. a job. But, but we have right. all experienced that we, we are very apt as men to want to go out and get it done without looking at things, without slowing down and thinking sometimes. Well, I think Nabal well, was think, a taskmaster, and if you know anything about agriculture, there's you only have X amount of time to get X the task done. And this must have been in the spring when the shearing of the sheep was, and he just was laser-focused on getting this done. And the shakedown... Uh, which apparently is fairly common. What they did is, they uh, the people that would live outside of your boundaries, um, and then if I'm, we protected you, and now you got to pay for your protection. You know, it sounded kind of like uh, else raid you, so like, we will. Uh, right, like mafia. Uh, you know, in, protection, in, in, money. Uh, protection money. But here's the thing that's odd. Abigail knows the whole history. She recites it to David. She knows that he's anointed, and she knows he's on the run from Saul. So it's almost like she knows she she has an in on the story, whereas Nabal might not have known it, but probably didn't care. I think it was the latter. And this is why I'm saying this. So he he is projected as a rich man here. Right. I, I mean, it's given in sheep and cattle, but, you know, yeah. he's rich. <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And the way tribal nations worked, the rich guys knew what, what the score was. I'm thinking Nabal had bet his time on Saul and well, didn't we, care right, about the he was Lord's. A... Right. And didn't care about the Lord's other anointing or didn't know because. But at this point. We were pretty much at civil war. 
So right. everybody had chosen sides. <laughs> no, I agree. It's like political faction. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Democrats versus Republicans. Yeah. And I, I think Nabal was just betting on David. Yeah, well, he's just it, kind of like, mm, I don't know nothing about Jesse. And, and well, yeah, and see, and, that, and that's a good that's a good point. I mean, he kind of you're right. He he must have known, but didn't care because. He hurled a little dig at him. You know, I don't know who this David is and who is son of Jesse. Who is this Jesse? So he knew about David. Yeah. Because he knew where David came from. He knew his dad. He knew his dad was Jesse. Yeah, you know, so he had more than a passing knowledge of the situation. But, but let's look at it from another perspective for a second. We have our budget set out in our life. We all work, we provide for our family, mm -hmm. and we go along, trucking along, and then all of a sudden something breaks in our car, right? Or our pipes break. We're not set up, men are not normally geared for a big punch in the chest for money, for our resources, because we plan out our resources. We know what we can live on each month, and we're responsible for our family's success. Right? If, if a family goes bankrupt, uh, the, you're going to look at the husband and say, what's wrong with you? Did you overspend? What did you do? And I can picture Nabal here, he's providing, and, and to me this is like a wine festival. You go out to one of the wineries and everybody comes in from the outside and they stomp on grapes. Now they do it for free, but the winery provides food and drinks for them. Mm -hmm. To do it, everybody has a festival. They all have a ball, if you ever do one of those. And so I'm thinking this wine sharing, all the neighbors come in, as well as his own people, like you said, Bill, it's very time-consuming. So I can imagine he's putting out a lot of food there. A lot of food. We're talking. Yes. Yeah. And so, and so here comes up this little, this really person that may be on the other side of the faction, and I thought about this, Robert. Uh, he's maybe fourth soul. He's an established individual. He likes no change, right? And so here comes David, who, as far as he's concerned, is an upshot and rebellious slave. And he tells him that. Right. Now, <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. He does do that. Right, right. now. Now, uh, now the, the thing here, going back, uh, David, David could have done things different from the very beginning also. And, and I noticed something when you were reading, Bill. I noticed in verse 4, you go back to verse 4, 1 Samuel 25, 4, David sends his men up to Nabal, and he says, Greet him in my name, not the name of the Lord. Ah. And not oh, Saul's goodness. name. <laughs> I'm point. serious. That's exactly, whether he knows Nabal is, is with So Saul, he arrived... I mean, David arrived enough to tell Nabal that Professor Koshu is here. You know, and that's, wants I mean, food. And, exactly. one, and not yes. only do I want food, my men need food too. They're yes. hungry. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, and you should give it to us because well, we've been nice and, guys. And, and because David, we've been nice David guys. gets a little hot headed back because oh, the, the, author, the author brought out, I thought this was funny, is. Is we'll go ahead and go on it. That he says the word male here. The translation is literal. Right. The, right. the it, it's a little more crude than that. It's somewhere along the lines of all who urinate on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Some of the translation. Translation. Yeah. yeah. It's a. It's more of a. 
it's more of an insult. The, yes. the way we read oh, it, yes, we think, yes. I'm going to kill every male there. No, he was kind of throwing a little smackdown talk yeah. right. to him yeah. as he went through. So. And we're going to go ahead and take a little break. This is Man Up, podcast number 66. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas, where we're recording the Man Up podcast number 66. We're in our Connect 360 character in the crown. It's a study of 1 Samuel. We are actually in lesson 12. It's entitled A Foolish Man and a Wise Woman. 1 Samuel 25, the focal text is 1 through 34. I look at this as Nabal, and it's easy to go ahead and rail on Nabal, but I think Abigail is just like agriculture back in the day. It's a partnership. He is focused on the tasks at hand, and those tasks are, it's sheep shearing time and getting that stuff done. He hurled the insult just because... I mean, we're men. We get laser focused on what we have to get done. And then somebody who's a trusted assistant, Abigail in this place, it might be your secretary. It might be a coworker. It might be your kid. If you're, if it's a family situation, hey, dad, that probably wasn't the smart thing to do. Or go ahead and repair the situation for you because they know you messed up. And that's where, you know, men need to have those relationships with people because, like Robert said, sometimes we're just too laser focused. And that's what Abigail did. She realized that this was a big deal. <clears throat> this was this was David. This wasn't Dewey. Or this wasn't some goofball. She saw the future as well. She saw yeah. the future. Whereas he did not. He saw, I believe, you know, what you guys said, that he was looking and didn't want to change. Well, it's Saul. Saul's right. the king. Right. Saul's still the king. Saul's going to be the king until he's dead. Right. Why, not why would I go against Saul? Yeah. Um, why would I go against Saul? Because, exactly. Because you've right. got to remember, too, yes. what happened to the priest that... <laughs> Oh, several weeks back that right. helped out David. They were all, all killed. The whole family was killed. Yeah, and, yeah. and 
this is right after what we read last week where he cut the robe off. Is it well known that there's kind of a, I won't say a truce, but there's a ceasefire between David and Saul at this moment? Yeah, this moment. Right. Yeah. But I think but men can that? tell. I think particularly men that have been around a little bit understand when somebody is a lame duck and understands what happens when the faculties and their powers are diminishing. Men instinctively know that that's a game that's got to be played. And so I, 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 think he, I think everybody knew that at this point in time. By now, everybody knew that this was going on. The author, the author refers to you. You know, with the, with that though, you know that if, if you know Saul is still in power, even if you're for the new regime coming in, you're for David. If you aid and abet David, and it's found out, Saul is still on the throne. He still can't have your whole everything wiped out yeah. because he's still the king. Well, you know, he had and the flip that, side too. is David can do the same darn thing because he's the new king to come. Well, see, that's the that's the he, thing that men have to deal with. Text twenty two. Men have to deal with uniquely, and they do with it most often in the working world, where they have a boss that is flailing. He is going down. Now, what do you do? Do you step up to help that guy, or do you put grease on the slope? And help him go down, and maybe the next you'll be the next one, or somebody else will come in. You see that that that's the that's the game that men have to play. Sometimes you do both. Yep, right. I absolutely agree. That you 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 actually you help your boss as much as you can, but you also end up greasing the skids. And maybe Nabal just didn't know how to play the game. But his wife obviously, or his, his wife or obviously ma- did. Or, or maybe he let her. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that was the reason for their partnership. Because here's the thing. They, they put it out there that Nabal is a fool. Well, he didn't get wealthy by being a fool. Okay? But he did get wealthy, and obviously Abigail was awesome. So he made a good choice, or somebody did, in his assistant to help him out. Because here's he's flying at a thousand miles an hour trying to get this stuff done. And he doesn't have time to deal with this with this new group, although it's hugely important. And he doesn't realize it, but she does. Awesome. Well, the author addresses this matter, and he says this is a preparation for David for when he does become king to learn, or at least to try to learn and control his own temper. And uh, what, what I compare this to, guys, is, is when we're driving on the freeway or on the, on the service <laughs> road and somebody cuts in front of us, and vice versa, or you, yeah, or you read in the news, uh, 
two taxi drivers running, running, cut in front of each other, and then they shoot it out. Do you ever hear women shooting it out on the side of the road? It's always men. You're, you're, you're well, talking about the guy. You're, you're right. talking about you know, the, the, the one finger wave we do occasionally. Uh, that, that, uh, that's the lesser shootout. That's the lesser shootout. Men tend to tend to use their testosterone and let it flare up too quick and control them, right? Which is exactly what we saw with David when he was insulted. Nabal was not a threat to his life. Nabal was not a threat to his men. David was not a threat to his, pardon me, Nabal was not a threat to all of David's possessions. He insulted him, right? He hurt his feelings. And that's like the guys that I think of on the freeway driving in our cars when we so do something stupid. He was a threat to his stomach. Because he was asking for a bunch of food. Yeah, but... Wine, it, it was, or whatever. Yeah. Was, whatever you can was, spare. So is, this, so is this story, as much as we're starting, we started making it out about Nabal, is this story as much about David as it is Nabal? Yes. I absolutely, I, I absolutely agree because you, uh, each of these stories are layers, and you can pull one layer off, and it's Abigail, okay, or, or and the other the layer, layer is the ball, and then, yes. oh, I mean, obviously it, it's all three no of the all three of the players, uh, in it, N- yeah. no question about it. Now, how convenient is it that his name is Fool, or means Fool? Yeah. Now, just might, might be a nickname. I think it's a nickname. I've thought about that. Yeah. Just the, the rabbit trail. I mean, it's it's usually in a lot of these stories that it is very convenient that the the idiot is named stupid or whatever. I, I can't think of you know the, yeah, yeah. the exact references. But a lot of times, you know, that shame or disappointment. You know, I know that's another right. fetch, but so many times in the story. So is it? Are these names being placed in there for the story? Or were they actually the real name? You know, I think so both. Oh, I think it's a little both. I, think both. I, I was curious what the what you fellas thought. Yeah. You know, I think he that. got nicknamed that over time, and then they actually everybody started calling him that because yeah, I've right. wondered the same thing. Why we see these names coming here that identify the person's character? Did they really know what they would be before they were born? Or when they were born? We know Jesus did. We knew everybody in the prophets spoke of Jesus being the Savior, and he was named the Savior of the world as Jesus. But in most cases, you're really not going to know a person's character until they're several years old. No, I, I, I agree. I think, I think names uh, evolve because uh, over time, as the character of the person uh, evolved as well. I just think that uh, uh, obviously back in this time, they were going from being a nomadic people to being having urban centers. And so this hospitality is absolutely essential if you're nomadic because you help other people out that are on the move because when you're on the move, you'll need help too. But see, it's different when you get in to an urban area where you have people that are neighbors uh, all the time, you don't need my hospitality all the time. <laughs> you know, I mean that that's a that's a different um, set of norms than the nomadic norms, and I think that's that's part of it 
also was the evolution of how it's changing. Where it's, where it's going from the clans and tribes uh, clans and to tribes. the kingdom. Let, let's address something the two of you brought up earlier, and Bill brought this up in class. But did David, when he made a request for the food, do you think he did it? made an honest request for his hospitality. The Eastern nations seem to say this is a this is something that occurred a lot back then. Or was he actually bullying Was it a shakedown? Yes, yes. <laughs> was he actually bullying Nabal? Well I think I, I, I think he was uh, uh, it was both because he was showing how nice he was because we haven't mistreated your people. Mm-hmm. We haven't taken anything. Or in other words, he was saying, we could mistreat your people, and we could take your stuff, but we didn't. So give me some. Or so here, get or even now, some. from now on out, right? Absolutely. Right. No there, question no about question it. No question didn't stop right there. It could keep going. Right. right. And so I absolutely feel like, yes, it absolutely was. A shakedown, and then certainly when he, when he's getting ready to go in and kill all of Nabal's family, yeah, that was like the mafia don, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, co- yeah co- no, Coming in, no question about it. But this is also like a teachable moment for men. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've practiced a speech or an excuse or uh, being upset that I was going to nail my boss when I got into work, and then when I got into work, he didn't even remember what we were talking about. (laughs) I had wasted all that time being all upset. Stress. Preparing. You know, so... um, I think for David, this was a real teachable moment, and... He, Abigail knew everything. She recited everything back to him. So it was no secret who he was or where he was going. I mean, he was anointed. Samuel was gone. Right. So nobody, no other prophet was going to step up. Samuel was a rock star. He on the direction of God anointed David Samuel was gone David is here you know she recognized it flip the story Nabal has sense in this uh, story to pay up realizes that David is the future king and avoid Saul's wrath for aiding and abetting. Okay? Um, don't you know, man? You know, he would have just found himself in a golden little spot. Because you helped the future king out of a jam. He gave him a bunch of food and helped his 600 men sustain a little bit easier. You know? And he could have found himself in a golden spot. You know? While you're saying that, what do you think Abigail meant was? When she said, remember your servant when you come into your kingdom. She obviously wasn't talking about Nabal. No. Oh, well, no, she was talking, I, I think she was talking about Nabal's 
whole household. You think so? Yes. The whole family, she, everything. The, okay. Everybody, yeah. because she didn't press the figs herself. She she didn't raise the sheep. Right. She didn't. You know what I'm right. saying? She okay. was the representative that oh, of the family that, that brought it. Yeah. So we are your servant. Yeah. Re remember my household. Don't kill us all. Absolutely. Basically, you know, because right. she okay. knows you okay. can. And he Absolutely. just tells her, because Absolutely. you did this and you came and honored me, well, I'm not going to wipe everybody out. Right. You know, so she full on knows because he just blatantly told her, I could have. And so, again, he could have probably, because he was the man, and certainly back then, the male runs the bigger role in the family. He could have projected his whole household so much further than right. what she ever did. David's going to remember her just being a nice lady or whatever, and she may be part of his harem later for all we know. You know? Well, I, of course, I don't know how all that works. Anyway, that's a whole other rabbit hole we won't get into. Well, uh, go on. Let, let me, if you don't mind, could I read the next four scriptures that are not here? Yeah, do it. Robert, no, you brought, go, ahead. Know, go ahead. Robert knows it. Okay. Okay, so David tells Abigail, go in peace to your house. I have I've listened to your voice, and I respected your person. You have your desire. And so Abigail went back to Nabal, and this is verse 36, and there was her husband holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry with him, within him because he was drunk. Therefore, she didn't say anything to him until the next morning. So it was in the morning when the wine had gone away from Nabal and his wife had told him these things that Nabal had a heart attack within him and his heart became like stone. Then it happened after about ten days that the Lord struck Nabal, or Nabal and he died. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord had the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head, and David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. So what you Thank said you. is it, so Thank with the you. same and so his servants go and bring her, and she becomes David's wife. The point here is is again David's emphasizing, yes, I would have sinned. I was losing my temper. Mm -hmm. in, a, in a fit of insult, uh, in a fit of rage, I was insulted, and I was going to do violence, physical violence, to somebody that didn't really deserve it. I think your road rage example is, yes. is phenomenal. I mean, it just shows the way that men can pop off. We can, we can, and even and even Christians, guys, we can still do it. I can tell you, David I can lose my temper, God. and I have to grab myself and hold it. Yes, David's example. Uh, I have to hold myself and not do something really stupid many times, especially with driving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fortunate I'm not driving as far as I used to, but yeah, there were there were days. There were days when you <laughs> wanted to do something serious. Oh, yeah. I wish I had yeah. my old truck here on that person that comes Yeah, like, <laughs> The old truck that I didn't but, care about. <laughs> yes, exactly. I didn't do it anyway. Right. Uh, All right, we're going to go ahead and we're uh, winding up uh, our uh, podcast number 66, Foolish Man and a Wise Woman. And, uh, man, we miss old Steve Titch. 
I, I had a couple of good, uh, you can bet on it, so uh, we hope he's having a good time anyway. So going to go ahead and uh, get one final summary from uh, the fellas and start with uh, Mr. Kyle. You know, it's, uh, I think the takeaway here is uh, keeping our anger in check. Yes. Also for us, uh, you know, from uh, the ball's uh, circumstance, he had a wise woman behind him. Um, I think most of us do. Um, you know, that, that old saying that there's always a good woman behind a good man. I know I'm botching that statement, but, you know, the, the sentiment is there. And I think that rang true in this scenario, and she saved their whole household from annihilation and what could have been. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's learning to, and in David's circumstance here, he, you know, did for this scenario learn about keeping his anger in check and realizing that what he was about to do in his anger was not for God. That was for David. You didn't give me what I asked for, as you said. I send greetings in my name. I send greetings in the name of David. Not that the not in the God Almighty. Not in the name of Yahweh. In David. Give me stuff. And he didn't do it. Didn't do it. So he got pissed. And that's where we need to to learn. Is to, to try and realize when that happens, because it happens often enough and to find a way to put it in check. Michael Cropper. Uh, yes, I'm going to re read just a little bit from the author here of our book, folks, uh, for a moment. And uh, what the author says now, and this is practically speaking, I'm going away from the lesson into reality today. Uh, feeling wrong is a common occurrence for all of us, especially men. The world is an unjust place, and sometimes we end up on the short end of the stick. And in those instances, we often feel mistreated, offended, and hurt, or, and he leaves this out, I'm going to say anger, angry. And it is easy to have an impulse to lash out as David did. But in those moments, when we make hasty decisions to get back at those who have wronged us, we will learn a vital lesson. We should learn a vital lesson from David so that we don't do that. So, uh, four practical matters, folks, I want to tell you. If you ever get to the point where you're ready to blow your stack and hit somebody or hurt or lash out, uh, the author tells us, go take a walk or do some exercise. I know all of you have been told, count to ten. Hold your breath and count to ten, right? A couple of times the author didn't say that, but I remember my mom telling me that mm -hmm. when I was little. Uh, try to see your situation that you're in from another perspective. Do all this, folks, before you let go, before you lose your temper. And if you have to, call a friend to vent and seek counsel, wise counsel. And I'll add to that for sure. today's working world. If you get that email, draft it, leave it in your draft folder overnight, and don't send it till the next morning. I that's, would agree that. that. That's one of those tips that we talk about with email from a work perspective all the time. Because it's easier to remain anonymous, especially in today's world, because it comes in, you oh my god, tap, 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 yeah. sin. Don't. 
right. don't send it till the next day. I'll add to what you no, said. I agree with you, Robert. That's one of those that just kind of do it. This has been a uh, really good lesson. Uh, one thing that I would like to just throw out to the men there, um, retribution or paying someone back will give you 30 seconds of satisfaction and up to a lifetime of regret. Whereas forgiveness will give you about 30 seconds of regret, but a lifetime of satisfaction for letting it go. And I think we as men sometimes just need to take a step back. Give it a second before you act so you don't have a lifetime of regret. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to the professor uh, and let him pray us out. Okay. Uh, before I do that, just want to mention um, for all of our listeners out there, pay attention. Um, we're going to be giving you a website address very shortly. Um, we are building out our Whoa. own website. So we are big hitters. Yeah, we're we're kind of moving up. So just kind of pay it, be be watching for it, and we'll be talking about it, and we'll share it out on the Facebook page, on Twitter, where you can find us at Man Up at Triggerland. You can also find us on YouTube. YouTube, if you want to yeah. See what we so, look like, oh, yes. So we we'll we'll be linking all of that up as it goes together, and it's coming out shortly. So do that. And this has been a great lesson, so let's pray it out. Father, we thank you for the fact that we are men and that you use stories like this to teach us humility, forgiveness, and patience all at the same time. Father, that you use your word to guide our lives and that what seemingly looks like a story from centuries ago still has real practical application to our lives today as we look at it. Help us to understand that and help us to live with that. Father Kyle mentioned a member of our church who's going for surgery tomorrow. We pray for him. We pray that your healing hand would be upon him and that you would guide the doctors as they they operate and do the things that need to be done to have him have healing. Father, we ask all these things in your son's most precious name. Amen. And this is Man Up. Man Up podcast number 66. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But this is a spiritual oasis for men. want to make sure that you know that we are on iTunes. We have all 65 of our other episodes, our other podcasts. They're archived on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up if you want to go ahead and leave us a question. And we want to encourage each and every one of you to join a Bible-based church that's local that you will go to. Get involved in an adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class. Find a men's only group. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.